You're listening to the Loop Page Podcast, episode number 28. Make sure you click subscribe because I uh, release a new episode every couple of weeks. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page and coaches. If you're wanting to build a six-figure business, then you got to head over and join my Facebook group. Every single week, I do live trainings and coaching with the members inside the group and basically give you tips and advice on how to grow that online business. So all you got to do is head over to Facebook, and search six-figure coaching business secrets. I'll also pop the link to that in the show notes. But today, I catch up with Stevie Wright, and this is all about how to breathe your way to your higher self. Welcome to the Luke Page Podcast. I am here to inspire people to live a life that they love. It's why I do what I do. Join me on the pursuit of my life's vision and my own business success through meeting amazing business owners, entrepreneurs, and forward-thinking people that are here to make impact and change the world. So we're going. We're going. Got it. Great. Amazing. Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me, Luke. I am Stevie Wright. And I am a self-love coach. I'm a breathwork facilitator. And I think really my zone of genius is helping women reach their fullest potential. And a lot of the work that I do, um, just to give a little insight into my style of coaching, is um, I work a lot with embodiment. And so uh, some of the things that I see a lot of coaches um, in the space doing right now is a ton of mindset and thought work, which is great. And I do a, a bunch of that myself in my practice, but um, I'm finding that a big piece missing that I'm, I'm seeing is the body. And my belief is that um, all uh, trauma, all limiting beliefs, all old wounds, all old stories, they live in the body. And so if we're only doing like mindset and thought work, you're missing a big a piece of the puzzle in your healing journey. So um, a huge cornerstone of my style of coaching is embodiment, 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 like actually getting into the somatic nervous system and changing mm. beliefs at an, at a nervous system level. If that makes sense. Well, um, not exactly for someone that's <laughs> like, because I'm like, you know, say with what I do, which is, you know, helping people build their business. It's like, well, there's, kind of two elements with me. There's the strategy and there's the mindset, yeah. I guess body to me is like being healthy and eating healthy and everything and exercising and moving. So I'm curious to kind of get like a further explanation on what exactly you mean by the body. Yeah, so the definition of embodiment is essentially like taking an ethereal concept like um, love or radiance or presence or, or consciousness or magic or pleasure and making it so grounded in the body that now you are experienced by your external world as that thing, but, you, but, but people experience you through, through their body and not their mind. So just being with you in this moment, you, you embody presence right now. And I imagine you're a very present man. And so you, because you are very present and, you, and you're in your body, I can feel you. I'm not thinking, oh, I wonder if Luke is present. I wonder if he's da, da, da. I actually can feel your energy and how present you are because you're an embodiment of that. Gotcha. 
Awesome. And if you, if you find like, how long have you been doing what you've doing, been doing, Stevie? So I've been coaching for four years, but uh, specifically this style and this uh, niche and kind of um, this flavor for about the last year. I've, my coaching journey has uh, had quite the quite quite a lot of pivots, and so this this exact style for about the last year. Cool. And like, what led you to like doing the the style that you're doing now? Which is really cool because I mean, we go through all these changes, yeah. So like, what led you to where you're at now? Yeah, so I was, I started out coaching as a health coach. I was doing nutrition and meal plans and, um, and, you know, recipes and things like that. And that stemmed out of a, my own journey with health and my own journey with, with wellness and well-being. Um, I realized very quickly that health coaching was super, super out of alignment with me, not because health is out of alignment. I'm, I, you know, I take care of my body, et cetera, but what I was realizing in my work is that these women would come to me and we do these programs and, you know, one, two months in, they're sharing some serious trauma. They're sharing some serious belief systems that I'm like, Oh, here's a kale salad recipe. I don't know. (laughs) I didn't, I didn't know how to help them to be, you know, fully transparent. I had no idea how to help them. Mm. And it was kind of an aha moment for me where I was like, Whoa, if I really want to do deeply transformational work and, and help someone with a sustainable change, uh, it is not going to be through recipes. It is not going to be through nutrition. That's one beautiful aspect of this journey, but that is definitely not all of it. And so I went on this, I stopped coaching, totally had to bite the bullet, uh, face my ego, stopped coaching, got a nine to five job mm-hmm. and to, to make ends meet as I did this process and just went on this journey of my own self-discovery because I was realizing that all my clients were reflecting my own shit you know? And so they were coming to me with the unworthiness wound, the, with the anxiety, with the part of the, with the perfectionism, um, with the, with the part of them that feels like they can't be authentic and they have to perform and, and prove themselves and win love. And I'm like, Oh, that's me. (laughs) You know? And so, um, I, I knew that if I was going to be a really embodied healer, coming back to that inward embodiment, uh, I had to do the work on myself first. So I spent the last um, two and a half years just diving really deep with myself, uh, with therapy, with my mentors, with coaching, with somatic therapy, um, with plant medicine, all the different modalities, and am now in a place where I feel really solid and can support someone in that deeper transformation. So basically, would you say that the people that come to you, Stevie, like are they do they actually know that they've got like they, do they label it that they've got self-love issues or is it because I, I know like say now the word self-love is like it's known five years ago if it was say me and you like coaches and things we knew what it was but the everyday person didn't really understand where you know they would they would uh compare themselves to other people or they wouldn't have the confidence or belief in themselves they didn't really know deep down it was a you know self-love issue right yeah um, coming more and more well known is that what generally people come to you now is it like i have problems with my self-love like what, what do they say you know what these days yes at, at first um no but i think because i speak about it so much on my platform and i talk about it and i talk about these concepts so so deeply and and all the time and i really show up and give value in that way um 
when I am reading a consultation form for someone who's interested in working with me, it's like, I have been struggling with self-love since I was seven years old. I have the worthiness wound and this is how it's showing up in my work, in my money, in my relationship, in my life. So I think they, the answer is yes. And I think that is because uh, my audience listens to the kind of language I use and they're like, oh wait, I have that. Like that's something I struggle with. And then that kind of, they have a language to now speak with. Gotcha. And I'm, um, I'm curious to kind of get like more information about your approach and your philosophy and everything like that. So, I mean, a big thing of what you're doing now is the breath work. And um, I mean, my, I, when my wife did your course, did like a little, I think it was like a two hour little intro course. I could hear her in the, in the other room cause I was in one room, she's other. And it was a lot of like, yeah, breath work and everything. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm curious to kind of get some more details about that. Yeah. So um, I found breath work about four years ago and it, man, it's been truly a, a life changer for me personally. Uh, I got facilitate or excuse me, I got um, trained as a facilitator. I got certified as a, as a facilitator about a year ago. Mm -hmm. And essentially breath work, I mean, it's not new. It's an, it's an ancient, ancient healing modality that uses just the breath to reach higher states of consciousness. There are so many different types of breath work, but essentially it's just bringing awareness in your, to your breath so that you can change how we feel, how you feel. And so what's great about breath work is that it bypasses the ego, you bypass the mind and you go right into the body. And that's really the magical place to be because again, as I said before, the trauma, the stories, the old wounds, the limiting beliefs, they live in the body. And so when you're doing breath work, you have access to that stuck emotion, that unprocessed gunk, that um, stagnant energy that wants to be felt and loved and nurtured and, and seen and, you know, and, and paid attention to. Uh, and when we do that, when you're, in the, when you're in the body, you're really connected to truth. Yep. You're connected to source. And that's when we can get some true, true healing done is working with the body. And breathwork is, I, I believe, the most effective way to, to do that. Mm. And have you, um, I'm just trying to think of some breathwork I've done. I've done like the, the Wim Hof stuff. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember I went to, years and years ago, I, was, I went to a, um, a kinesiologist and pretty sure I was a kinesiologist, yeah. And she got me to do this. I don't, I don't even know what this thing was she was doing, but she's like, she was like, because I, I, I can't even remember what I went to it for, but I was just like, I was going through a healing stage, right? And um, I, got, I, I laid it down on a table and she was doing this thing where, this with a thing with her hand. And she was almost like, she's like, she goes, I don't even, you don't even need to speak to me. She goes, I'm just going to hold your hand and basically ask questions. And based off what I get, I'm going to know what to do or something like that. Mm. I don't know what's, if you know what's going on here, but she got me to do this breath work thing. And she goes, I just want you to, and I, I think it was like something like that. She goes, just do it over and over and over. I'm going to leave the room. And she goes, probably about a minute, you're going to break down. Mm. Awesome. And I remember like, I... Yeah, I felt great. Almost like an intense high, full body buzzing. And I broke down and I broke down like uncontrollably. And I was just like releasing all this shit inside, which, you know, would have been like 
10 years of crap built up inside me. And I was just like, it was almost like levels on levels on levels of uncontrollably crying. I'm just like, fuck. And then I just snapped out of it and I felt like I was floating. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so it's so powerful, just, just what we can do with the breath. And this is what's so exciting is that um, realizing how powerful we are, how empowered we are with just the, the very thing that keeps us alive, that, that keeps us functioning, the breath, that's it. That's all you really need. And yes, the therapy and yes, coaching and yes, all these things, which I'm a huge fan of and I, and I do myself, but just to know that we have a mechanism in our bodies that gives us access. It's a, it's a direct portal to the truth of who we are. It's so exciting. It's like the, it's the best, you know, and, and that's why I became a facilitator because I realized how powerful this was for me. And it taught me that my body is a safe place to be because I think that so many of us just as, as humans, we think that it's not safe to be in our bodies that, um, if I feel, if I feel this, it'll break me. If I feel this, it'll kill me. If I feel this, or, you know, if I open this can of worms, I won't be able to close it again. Mm. And in fact, the truth is when you give yourself permission to feel, it's like you're giving the, your inner child a, a space to be heard and listened to. And that's how we heal is through the felt sense is through the emotional body. Um, and so, yeah, breath work is my jam. <laughs> so is it like a, um, is it a daily practice? Mm -hmm, absolutely. There's different, there's different kinds. So um, yeah. there's the, the two that I practice are integrative and med meditative. So integrative is short, quick, easy uh, breath patterns or breath blends that are, you know, anywhere from three to 10 minutes. And I do that every single day as part of my morning routine to shift energy to get in my body to clear any energy that built up over the night um i do it in the middle of my day if i'm feeling low if i'm feeling like i need a pick me up but then meditative which is the laying down the, the one that your wife did um the, the laying down it's very deep it's very transformational it's 35 to 45 minutes even sometimes longer and uh that's where we get into some really deep healing and and, and access so i do that maybe once every week and a half, two weeks, but the integrative daily for sure. Awesome. And so does someone know like, what's the, is it, is it a healing? Are we doing this to heal? Is mm -hmm. that what we're doing this for? And is it a combination of long-term trauma as opposed to just the day-to-day -day stresses that we get from, you know, living life? Is that, is that what we're doing it for? Well, it's, it's both. You can, you, breathwork is, like I said, like the integrative, it's so powerful for the day-to-day -day quick energy shifts that we want to feel, getting connected to our bodies, getting rid of like stuck, you know, crunchiness that's maybe living in the body. And then the, the, the meditative, the, the deeper, longer, uh, more intense kind of breath patterns, that's mm. for really um, grounding down and get, like that portal I was talking about, getting into the portal where you can access untapped emotion, um, you can access trauma in a safe way, you can access limiting beliefs. You, it, sometimes people, I go to other dimensions sometimes, it feels like you're on drugs, honestly. It depends, on, you know, not all the time, but um, it feels like you're on psychedelics and, hmm. um, and it's just like you're getting high off your own supply. Can you talk to me about this psychedelics thing? Because like here in Australia, right, in America, it's almost like weed, 
psychedelics is just the the norm it's almost like the way that we drink alcohol mm-hmm. but like that here in australia like if you said that like you had psychedelics you people be like fucking worried about it yeah really yeah it's so different here so different. can you just like enlighten us because a lot of my audience will be australian a lot of them will be american like will be australian so can you just like fill in the australian audience about this psychological psychedelics thing and what do you think it's like way more accepted in the US and ultimately what is so many people what are so many people do it well you know I, I I don't know that it's I mean maybe more accepted than Australia but I I it's really still not it's not like every person is just high all the time here <laughs> on psychedelics. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's still I would I would say it's still a little taboo and it's still a little um, people are scared of it because that because it's so powerful so for me, I can only speak from my experience and I've been doing uh, psychedelic and plant medicine work for four years and it's been a monumental part of my healing journey because I think what psychedelics do is they lift the veil. It's almost like lifting the veil and seeing clearly for the first time. But now what, where people you hear, you know, about bad trips and, you know, horrible experiences and that's because you're not going into it. There, there's a few things. I'm not doing psychedelics to party, you know, and there are people who like will take a ton of mushrooms and go to a party. That sounds like a nightmare to me. I will not absolutely do that. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for really intentionally. So I'm setting an intention. I am my partner and I do it together. And I'm also in a community here in LA that does it, but um, I'm setting an intention I'm in a really safe place. I'm around people I love and trust. I'm being facilitated by a mentor that I love and trust. And it's, it's the, the safety and the intention that makes it so impactful. Um, and again, I really think there's something, you know, I don't know how woo-woo you want to get or how woo-woo your audience is, but my mm-hmm. truth is that I really believe that psychedelics have a magic to them. Mm-hmm. And there is a real mysticism to them that when we use them to learn about ourselves and to connect with God and to connect with our bodies and to connect with the earth, it's like years of therapy in one night, but you have to do it in a way that's really safe and supportive and secure. And I I really do think that having a facilitator there is the best. Um, But Again, it's truly just like lifting a veil and seeing clearly and and you get downloads from the universe and you have ahas and um, it's just a really, really special modality. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Is that answering your question? Yeah, pretty much. I'm like, I mean, because I've had, it's mushrooms are classified as psychedelics, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've had mushrooms before. I had um, in Thailand. I don't, mm-hmm, I, don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if Thailand is big for the US, but in Australia, everyone goes to Thailand and everyone goes to Mushroom Mountain and has the mushy shakes. But I, I guess it's definitely not in a, it's not an environment like you're talking about, Steve. It's like you're partying, you're drinking. Right, right, right. When I did it, and this is probably 10 years ago, and, and I was going through like shit then. I remember like I really was just like wanted to be in love. Yeah, I really wanted to yeah. find a partner that, that my love my life. And this is what I, this is what happened to me. And I was on the edge of the cliff and it was overlooking the ocean. And there was all these rocks in the ocean. There's this one rock 
probably about 30 meters um, separated from all the other rocks. And this rock, I fell in love with the rock. I kid you not. I, I believe you. No, I fully I believe like, you. Tense. And I'd been in love before, so I know the feeling. And I was intensely in love with this rock. And I'm sitting to my mate, I'm like crying. My mate's like, what are you doing? I go, I'm in love with this rock. <laughs> like, my leg. I go, and I was laughing, but I was crying. And I was like feeling these intense love for a bloody rock. Um, but then, yeah, I, I, it really does heighten, this is what my thoughts are, it really does heighten and strengthen the deep core emotion that you're kind of feeling inside, yeah? Totally, yes, yes. So, and, so, um, being yeah. the situation that you're talking about. Yeah, it's so special. I've had some of the most ecstatic, elated, joyful, blissed out experiences on, on mushrooms and, and on acid. And um, it's a, you bring it with you, you know, it's not that you just are like, okay, I'm not high anymore. It's you bring it with you. You bring these, this, yeah. these learnings and this, this love with you into your everyday life. And it's like, it's an experience that like, I, it's again, like the embodiment, I think it's a really somatic experience. It stays in your bones, you know? Um, so it's, it's a huge part of my life. Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. I think it's, um, I personally think it's a, it's an experience that you just, you want to, you want to do in your life. Yeah. Like it's yeah. such an intense, unique experience that you, you're just going to struggle to get living this, you know, this physical life. Yeah. So, well, if anyone's out there, speak to Steve. Don't speak to me about it. You can get <laughs> my rock love story, but speak to Stevie about this one. <laughs> um, I do love the rock. <laughs> hmm. So self-love, yeah. Would you say that, would you say, because I, I was actually speaking to someone about this the other day, um, you know, when Courtney and I will have, we'll have, we're planning to have kids next year. Oh, my gosh, amazing. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And I was like, I was, I was actually months ago. I asked Courtney, like, if you could teach our kids, like, one, two, three main things. What would it be? And we're kind of going back with answers. And one of the things I said is that, like, just teach them to love themselves. Like, imagine, like, having, imagine just loving yourself so much. Because I mean, every you think about all of our, all of our problems and our worries and our doubts. Would you agree? It just comes from a lack of self-love. Yes. And I would say maybe even uh, further than that is like these doubts and these worries and these belief systems. It's not really us, you know, it's just these, these like dirt that's been caked. I always think of um, like a, a, a golden ball, an orb of, of white light. Mm. And this is who we are. It's who we've always been. It's who we'll always be. And from childhood, from experiences, from trauma, etc., the light gets dimmed with mud and dust and dirt and things, and it gets caked on top. And the the light begins to dim a little bit, and you can't quite see the light as much. But it doesn't mean the light's not there. You just have to clean it. You know, you have to dust it off and come back to that remembering of who you are. It's it's not that you find self love. It's more just that. Um, it's the remembering of who you've always been, been and a coming home to the love that you are. And self-love is such a buzzy word, and I, I realize that, but I really think that self-love is just a commitment 
and a willingness to come back to yourself over and over and over and over and over again. And that's the art. That's the, the practice is the commitment to self, the commitment to coming home and the times when we come out of alignment and we say, oh, but I'm not good enough and uh, I don't deserve it and I'm worthless and well, what about this? I should, I, I'm, it's not safe to be big. It's not safe to be bright and shiny. If you can just come back to the truth of who you are over and over and over again, it's like um, this metaphor I, I love and I can't remember where I heard it, but it's like, if you're sledding down a snowy mountain and the fear thoughts, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you've chosen that path so many times. And so now the, the tracks in the snow, the grooves in the snow are really deep and they're really concrete almost. Like you, it's like you're gonna choose that time every time you go down the mountain. But the more that you choose love over fear, the more you choose yourself and the remembering, it's like snowfall. And the snowfall, drops and it fills the holes and it fills the tracks and then you can choose a new way. Um, but I, I love this idea of, you know, observation versus identification. Identification is, I, I am anxious. And I argue with people, no, you're not, you're not anxious. And they go, yes, I am. I'm anxious. I'm like, so you're telling me that you, Luke, are anxiety. That's who you are is anxiety. No. Well, and, and so, <laughs> and so it's important that distinction because when you're identified and you say, I am this, this is who I am. I am fear. I am unworthy. This is me. Mm -hmm. You're so close up against it that there's no space in between to actually see what's going on and, and see that the, 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 you're just running a program. Mm -hmm. But when you're in observer mo mode and it's kind of like you're taking a, a back seat or like your life is the movie and you're sitting in the movie theater, you can observe what's going on. You can kind of take a 30,000 foot view and just be like, oh, that's what's happening. Oh, you think you're unworthy. Okay, cool. And, and here we are. It's like, then you, there's some space to actually realize what's happening and what's going on and, and realize it's not truth. It's just thoughts. Thoughts come, they go. They're like clouds in the sky. They come back and they go. But the clouds are not the sky. The clouds are the clouds. And mm. so in this, in this, you know, analogy, you're the sky, the sky is never changing. The sky has always been, um, but just don't identify with the thoughts, you know, cause they're not true. The thoughts are bullshit. Now here's the, here's the distinction. The thoughts are bullshit The I'm not worthy the I'm not deserving, whatever the pain underneath the thoughts, the trapped emotion underneath the thoughts that is really important. And that's true. So the I'm not worthy, the I'm, I'm not deserving, don't pay, any, that, don't pay that any mind. The sadness, the grief, the rage, the loneliness underneath that thought, that's very true. And that needs love. That needs attention. So when you allow yourself to be there for the feeling and not the thought, there's gold at the, on the other side of it. There's evolvement, there's wisdom, there's, there's growth. So... I always tell my clients, let's work with the pain, the feeling that needs to be felt and loved and nurtured and processed. Forget about the thought. The thought is bullshit. So is that the same for the other side of things? Um, I guess the positive side where, well, I'm fucking amazing. I'm mm -hmm. I am worthy. Does it, is it the same? It's like, well, don't, you still need to give yourself distance. Like, what do you say from that angle? 
Well, that's a really good question. And I would say the feeling is still important. So the feeling of I'm fucking amazing. You say, I am fucking amazing. Mm. Like, what does that feel like in your body? Oh, it feels so good. It feels expansive. It feels light. I want to jump up and down. I want to go for a run. I want to take a deep breath in. That feeling is true. Mm. That is truth. You know, so, so work with the feeling. And, I, you know, I'm not going to say don't pay attention to I'm fucking amazing because it's great. <laughs> <laughs> but I think the, the, the feeling underneath is even more true. Yeah. So you're saying that that and that kind of that analogy and metaphor you even before about the, the ball thing and the, the layers and the dirt and all that. So our higher self, as opposed to this destination, is ultimately just us, our core. Is that what you're saying? Always. Wow. Always. It's always been there. Yeah. It's always been there. It, it, it's it's always been you. It's just more of um, removing the blocks that are keeping you from feeling it you know but it's always of course it's always been you there's nowhere you have to get to there's nowhere you there's nothing you have to become it's just more that on this journey we shed these old layers and then we get to feel more like ourselves Mm. so you're saying like when we're born and we're born pure we're born with no limiting beliefs or anything like that and then as we go through and we grow up. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say that. What do you think exactly? I, w- I wouldn't say that actually because sometimes there's generational trauma. And so mm. sometimes the belief systems are pre-verbal. Mm. They're, they're, ener- they're energetic, passed, on, passed down from generation to generation. If you think about um, a mom who doesn't want her baby, but she is going to have the baby because family, pressure, societal, whatever. Um, energetically, the, the, soul, the soul can feel that. Yeah. And so it's very likely that, that that child is born believing they're unworthy and unwanted because they were. Yeah, well. You know? So, yeah. So, mm-hmm. uh, and this is why um, I, I just literally, three hours ago, I came home from a somatic uh, therapy session with my therapist and we were working with things that are pre-verbal. You know, this is why embodiment is so important is because um, I'm a huge fan of traditional therapy. I think it's great if you find someone who's really good. Not all therapists are great and and some therapists are, oh, people are going to get mad at me for this, pointless. (laughs) But that's what I believe. But if you find a therapist um, who you love and who's really helpful for you, then great. I have both a somatic therapist and a traditional therapist. And where was I going with that thought? I was going somewhere. Oh, I can talk all day, you know, about these things and I can understand them and I can understand like, oh, wow, that I understand that's what, that, why that is there and why I'm showing up in this way as an adult. But until I feel the pain from the embodiment somatic work, I'm probably not going to integrate those lessons, even though I understand it, even though I get it cognitively, it's not until I grounded down into my body that, that I see a change. And um, earlier today, I had a super, super, super intense uh, session with my, with my somatic therapist. And it was working with things that were totally pre-verbal and generational and um, allowing myself to feel and, and having the support. I think that's what's so important is having the support held and the space held for you to, to feel that. Um, 
but yeah, I think that, I think that we are of course born worthy, but some of this stuff is just passed down generation to generation. And so we, I think we can be, be born with some of these beliefs. Mm, I'm pretty sure I had a, um, pretty sure I had a session like in June. I have a quick look. Somatic. Is it? Yeah. Uh, no, shum, shamanic. Was that, is that the same? No, but that's yeah. cool too. I had a shamanic, shamanic session. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was cool. So cool. That was like my first energy type healing. Like, um, I loved it. And like for anyone that's, you know, someone might be listening to this that is more aware, like say like Stevie is with this, but then you got say someone like me where they're kind of just new to it. And you might be like, oh, fuck this energy stuff and what Stevie and Luke are talking about. This seems a little bit too woo woo for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 100% give it a go. From a, from a guy that's, you know, grown up a lot massively in his head yeah mm-hmm. and you know i'm i'm I've, the last few years been more of a journey of connecting with my heart and you know exploring spirituality and everything like that highly recommend have a look at things like this and give it a try because it's it is so so true like you said about the um the you know the generational with that baby that born into the world it's, it is so true. It is so true. There's, there's more to life than the physical stuff, than just our body and what happened. There's this energy. Far more. Far more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, it just, I don't know why I thought about this, but that's um, another reason why I love psychedelics so much is because they give you access to the world beyond this one, you know, mm-hmm. the world beyond the physical. And so you can see energy and you can see the matrix you know, and, um, just a side note thought. <laughs> what a, what a movie the matrix is. I remember that first came out. That was my favorite movie. The matrix. The matrix is my favorite movie. It's a documentary. Yeah. It's, it's, it's totally it. a documentary. <laughs> oh, crazy time. Um, well, can you leave, can you leave us with like, what's like an exercise? What's a brief breath work exercise or any exercise that you think that, um, you know, the list can just, can just move like, walk away with and start. So I think it's nice. Yeah. Do you, do you want to do one? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. So um, this will be a great, what I'm going to, about to teach you, it'll be a great exercise for releasing anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're listening to this podcast and you're driving, don't do this uh, exercise right now. Come back to it. Pause. <laughs> Come back, do it later. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're at home and you're in a place where you could do this exercise, uh, this might be really helpful for you. So go ahead and find yourself in a comfortable position. You can either be in a chair or seated crisscross on the floor, but you just want to be making contact with the ground, either with your tailbone or the bottoms of your feet. And we're going to do a breath where we do 50 breaths in through the nose. So it sounds like this. 50 breaths out through the mouth. Sounds like this. We're gonna take a deep breath in, hold for 30 seconds, and then release with a big sigh. And then uh, usually, because it's a podcast and, and um, you know, people can't see me, I would usually do that, that, that pattern three times, but we're just gonna do one round to give everyone a little taste of it. But you can do that whole practice three times over. The main thing that I love to, to do with breath work is I love to call in an intention. So specifically for this breathwork practice, uh, the intention is to release anxiety. And the mantra we're going to use is, mm, I am calm. 
I am calm. So you got you got what we're doing, Luke? Yeah, I'll just turn my mic off, thanks. I'm going to be blowing down this Mac. Okay, great, great, great. Uh, is it okay? I'll keep mine on just so I can guide. Is that okay? 100%, yeah. Okay, great. All right, so closing the eyes. Feeling the ground beneath you. And just noticing in this moment as you're making contact with the ground, the ground is solid. The ground has got you. The earth is not gonna crumble out from underneath you. You are completely held by the planet in this moment. Noticing how you have four walls around you, keeping you safe. We're gonna start the breath practice. I'm gonna count down from three. Again, the mantra is I am calm, starting with the nose, three, two, Low. breath in through the nose, hold, holding the breath, I am calm, feeling the energy moving through your body, feel it release through the bottoms of your feet, give it to the earth, knowing that the earth can transmute it back into love, letting go of that anxiety, seeing if you can cultivate a sense of peace, of stillness, hold, you're almost there. I am calm. I am calm. We're going to release with a big sigh in five, four, three, two, one. <sighs> Keeping the eyes closed for just one more moment. Noticing if there is a subtle shift in the body. Noticing if there's tears that want to fall, if there's a sound or a movement your body wants to make, anything that your body wants to do is exactly right. Bringing both hands up to the heart. Feeling the safety that's in your body that is you. Thanking yourself for doing this practice. And when you're ready, you can softly open the eyes and come back.
We're back. We're back. Loved it. <sighs> oh, that was a sigh of relief. <laughs> relief. I haven't done breath work like that in a while. It's just it's reminded me how important it is. Yeah. It's it's so helpful. We forget just all we need is the breath. Mm. I always say, um, Courtney and I, my wife and I have this thing when we're, this is what I'm feeling right now. I call it gangster. <laughs> so like, you know, gangsters always got like, kind of like, you know, that, you know, they're just like, just chilled out, you're what's up, that type of thing. So I'm feeling gangster right now. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. That's so funny. That is so funny. Yeah. And, nice. um, the I think what's cool about so that what we just did right there is an integrative practice. The that's one of the shorter, quick, easy practices you can do. Make it part of your morning routine. Do it for a midday pick me up. Um, I'm I'm coming out with a breathwork membership site at the end of the month, and something I'm really excited about is all the videos in the portal are going to be um, all integrative. So they're going to be these short breathwork practices where you can log in, breathe, feel better, get grounded, move the anxiety, log out go about your day. And then I'm going to have bi-weekly live group workshops where we do a longer meditative, really deep, uh, transformative breathwork session as well. Awesome. Well, where can everyone find you? Yeah. So come hang out with me on Instagram. It's at Stevie L Wright underscore. Um, I have tons and tons of IGT videos. If you want to get started on your breathwork journey that you can follow, um, that's probably, that's probably the best place, place to start. I have a one-on-one -on -one six month coaching program spot opening up on November 2nd. And, uh, other than that, I am on the gram chilling, offering value, dancing in my underwear, all the things. <laughs> that's what it's all about. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that's for you guys, Stevie, like from, from me seeing you do your stuff and also my wife like loves you as well. So Anyone listening to this, 100% check Stevie out. She's absolutely amazing. But uh, yeah, thanks for coming on, Stevie. Absolute legend. Thanks, and, Luke. Uh, massive Such a great interview. Yeah, to, to do this episode with you. Thanks so much. It was great to be here. Talk soon, everybody. Hey there. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Make sure you click subscribe to stay up to date with podcasts that I release every couple of weeks. And if you've enjoyed the, the episode, please, I really, really appreciate it if you leave me a review. And you can also find me on Instagram at Luke underscore page. <laughs>